This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Did this interview do him in? They're trying to make me look like a murderer. How they tracked down the Antifa follower wanted for killing a Trump supporter. Then, pandemic Labor Day warning. Fears of an epic COVID-19 spike during the last big bash of summer. Plus, fuming President Trump. Did he really call Americans who lost their lives in war losers and suckers? It's a fake story and it's a disgrace. The intense, not a loser blowback. And... The return of the Kentucky Derby. As pressure mounts on the only black horse owner to boycott the race. What have people said to you about boycotting this race? Then, the rush to buy real estate during the pandemic. It's definitely above asking. You won't believe the bidding wars. They're lining up outside. We have been outbid every time thus far. And pipsqueak the dachshund. How she ended up 10,000 miles from home. We didn't think we would get her home. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. The man suspected of murdering a right-wing activist in Portland is dead, killed by U.S. Marshals just hours after taping an interview in which he appeared to admit his guilt. Authorities say the suspect was shot after he produced a gun when Marshals tried to arrest him. Here's a timeline of the takedown. It felt like the beginning of a war. It was a huge scoop, an exclusive interview with the Antifa activist wanted for shooting a pro-Trump supporter in Portland days ago. But just hours after the promo aired, Michael Reinhold was killed in a shootout with U.S. Marshals. They doing CPR on him. We're now learning details of the heart-stopping drama and how Marshals tracked him down. They're trying to make me look like a murderer. Rinal has been on the run for shooting right-winger Jay Danielson. He was identified by the black fist tattoo on the side of his neck. Is this man being sought in connection with the shooting in Portland that left a Trump supporter dead? His whereabouts were a mystery until he gave an interview with Vice News in which he claimed self-defense. You feel that it was totally justified? Totally justified. Had I not acted, I am confident that my friend and I'm sure I would have been killed. Former U.S. Marshal John Muffler. I would say that the interview he did could have been a potential lead. Here's the timeline. 2 p.m. West Coast time. Freelance journalist Donovan Farley breaks the news on social media that he scored the interview with Rhino. I've been working nonstop for the past few days. I hope you'll check it out. The first promo runs online about the same time. 7.30 p.m. Rhino leaves an apartment building in Lacey, Washington, 20 miles north of Portland, where he's been hiding out. U.S. Marshals are waiting for him. There was shots that were fired into the vehicle 
and uh, the subject fled from the vehicle, at which time there was additional shots that were fired. An eyewitness shot this video. It sounded like fireworks. That's how many shots. 8 p.m., the interview airs. Reinhold has been dead for half an hour. But I see a civil war right around the corner. At 8.40 Pacific Standard Time, President Trump tweets, Why aren't the Portland police arresting the cold-blooded killer? Do your job and do it fast. Everybody knows who this thug is. The president was apparently unaware that Reinhold was already dead. In Rochester, New York, there was more chaos on the streets following the death of a black man in police custody who was experiencing a mental health crisis. And panic in Times Square last night as a car sped through hundreds of Black Lives Matter supporters. And for the first time since he was shot in the back seven times by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, we're getting a look at Jacob Blake. He appeared from his hospital bed today for a virtual court hearing in which he waived his rights to a pretrial hearing and entered a not guilty plea in connection with domestic abuse charges. You've heard the warnings, avoid possible super spreader events this holiday weekend. Health officials are really worried that if guidelines are ignored, we will see a spike in COVID cases in two weeks. Stephen Fabian reports. It happened after Memorial Day. The sudden surge in cases of coronavirus across the country. It happened after the 4th of July. Florida reported more than 15,000 new cases yesterday. That shatters the one-day record. Now there is growing concern about another spike in COVID-19 cases after Labor Day. Despite the pandemic, an estimated 42.5 million people will still hit the road to celebrate the traditional end of summer. Not as busy as past years, but still a very large number. This Labor Day weekend, Tampa is the number one destination in America. We're expecting uh, just under a million of booked passengers on airlines alone coming to the Tampa Bay area. Fort Lauderdale and Orlando are close behind. The central Florida area are always desirable locations because you've got Disney, fabulous beaches, and the weather's great if you're looking to have a good time. In Miami, the beaches will reopen for the first major holiday weekend this year. In South Dakota, the annual state fair will continue this weekend as planned despite calls for it to be canceled. Governor Kristi Noem tweeted, we are not and will not be the subjects of an elite class of so-called experts. The state fair comes on the heels of that massive motorcycle rally in Sturgis that left hundreds infected with COVID. I'm pretty worried uh, about a post-Labor Day spike. And if a lot of people do not act responsibly, and if policymakers don't act responsibly, uh, we could really see a big spike as we head into the fall. Thousands of college students are also heading home after coronavirus outbreaks on their campuses. And there is growing concern that they could spread the virus to their parents and siblings. Here's the latest disturbing video, a packed bar at the University of South Carolina. It's one of the last weekends we have of the summer, sort of the official end of summer. It's totally fine to be outside, manage some amount of social distance, wear that mask, but you can really still enjoy the weekend and be safe. And a new USA Today poll found two-thirds of Americans say they will not get a coronavirus vaccine as soon as it's available. One woman told pollsters she doesn't want to be, quote, a guinea pig. Other news today. Has the commander-in-chief disrespected those who've died in service to America? A damning news story in The Atlantic magazine quotes several sources as saying President Trump referred to soldiers who died in a critical World War I battle as losers and suckers. 
The White House calls the story false. The president is fuming. There's a furious reaction today after claims that President Trump called fallen American heroes losers and suckers. A Twitter page titled Not a Loser is trending. My grandfather was killed by a landmine while freeing Europe, one veteran's family writes. He was 29. He was neither a sucker nor a loser. My dad served during Vietnam. Not only did he serve, he volunteered. Most definitely not a loser. Former Army Airborne Ranger, Bronze Star recipient, deceased. My brother, not a loser. The uproar comes after a new Atlantic Magazine report about President Trump's visit to France in 2018 to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I. Trump was scheduled to pay his respects at a venerated U.S. military cemetery where more than 2,000 American servicemen are buried. But he bailed out. The reason given at the time was that rain had grounded Trump's helicopter and the Secret Service did not want him traveling by car. His then chief of staff, John Kelly, a retired general, attended a wreath laying instead. The Atlantic now claims Trump told his senior staff, why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. It also says Trump referred to the fallen soldiers as suckers for getting killed. It's a fake story and it's a disgrace that they're allowed to do it. A fuming president denied the claims today. It was a terrible thing that somebody could say the kind of things, and especially to me, because I've done more for the military than almost anybody else. A Trump campaign spokesman called the magazine's claims disgusting, grotesque, reprehensible lies. I stand by my reporting. Uh, I have multiple sources telling me this is what happened. And uh, so I stand by it. Joe Biden pounced on the report today. If these statements are true, the president should humbly apologize to every gold star mother and father and every blue star family that he's denigrated and insulted. Who the heck does he think he is? President Trump never served in the military, having received multiple deferments for alleged bone spurs. The run for the roses is this weekend. And for the first time in 146 years, the Kentucky Derby will happen with no spectators. Given the racial tensions in this country, one black horse owner is being pressured to drop out of the race. Well, that owner is now speaking with Ann Mercagliano. The black owner of a thoroughbred horse about to race in the Kentucky Derby is under intense pressure today to pull out of racing's greatest event. They're off. The Derby is usually held in May, but this year, due to the pandemic, it was delayed. It now takes place on Saturday without any spectators. Many eyes will be on the horse known as Necker Island. He may be a 50 to 1 long shot, but the magnificent animal is owned by Greg Harbutt, a rare black owner in one of the world's whitest sports. Overall, I've had a great deal of support uh, from people within the industry as well as the civil rights uh, leaders. Here's the issue Churchill Downs is in Louisville, where Breonna Taylor was killed during a botched police raid six months ago. And now there are calls for Harbutt to show solidarity and boycott the Derby. But he says he will definitely race his horse. We stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. We want justice for Breonna Taylor. Uh, but being one of the rare few African-Americans, I believe our participation brings a strong message uh, in the movement of diversity inclusion, not only in the racing industry, but on the platform of what this world needs right now. 
Already, protesters have made their presence known at the track. They covered the sign that reads Churchill Downs with Breonna Taylor's image. They are also expected to show up at the race. One reason Harbutt feels so strongly about staying in the race is family history. He's a third-generation horseman. Look, his great-grandfather was on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post in 1941 with the legendary Man of War. The winner of the Derby this year will receive a $3 million purse. Around the country, many big cities are dealing with a mass exodus as people opt for less crowded communities thanks to COVID-19. And that has led to a real estate boom in the suburbs and bidding wars on properties that not long ago went months without any takers. It may be a real estate bust in New York City, but it's a real estate boom in the burbs. We have 38 showings with another half a dozen uh, scheduled for today and some scheduled for tomorrow. New Jersey real estate agent James Hughes says he's <laughs> never seen a market like this. Real estate is hand-to-hand -hand combat. you got to come out here and look at properties. Rising crime and the pandemic are driving many families to greener pastures. And now the competition for single-family homes is fierce. Abel and Bethany have put their four-bedroom house on the market. They want to upgrade. And prospective buyers are literally lined up to have a look inside. People are afraid of what's happening in the cities with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, they're closely packed in. They want to get out of that city. When we were locked down, we, we had a backyard. The asking price, $350,000. We have about a dozen offers and we've exceeded the asking price significantly. Raymond and Aaron Morgan are here for the open house. They keep getting outbid on other offers they've made. We've seen multiple houses that we've liked and we have been outbid every time thus far. So it's a, it's a struggle right now. In nearby West Orange, New Jersey, this house was listed for $559,000. It sold for $684,000. And this one, listed for $999,000, it sold for a whopping $1,350,000. In this intense seller's market, James Hughes has advice for buyers. Get pre-approved for a mortgage. Be aggressive if you fall in love with a house, make your top offer. Don't come out here kicking tires because if you see something and like it, it's going to be gone quickly. Another factor spurring interest in home buying, record low mortgage rates. It's a long voyage home for a dachshund named Pipsqueak. The pooch traveled more than 10,000 miles to be reunited with his owners. Jim Murray explains. This adorable dachshund has been on quite the journey. It took Pipsqueak Yep, Pipsqueak really is her name. 10,000 miles across the globe to finally make it back to her family. We didn't think we would get her home. Zoe and Guy Eilbeck were sailing the world with their sons when the pandemic hit last March. They found themselves in Hilton Head, South Carolina, where they had to abandon their sailing dream and head home to Australia. But strict regulations forced them to leave Pipsqueak behind in the good old USA. When yeah. you realized that you actually had to say goodbye, to pipsqueak. What was that moment like for you as a family? We're talking about how we're going to get home and we know already that we can't take Pip. Um, and 
as a family, we sat down and we explained to the kids, we have to go home now. Pipsqueak ended up in the hands of a family friend, Lynn Williams. Then Pipsqueak was turned over to Ellen Steinberg, who agreed to foster care Pipsqueak until she had to go out of town. Good Samaritan Stacy Green came next, followed by animal lover Melissa Young, who agreed to accompany Pipsqueak on the first steps of her journey home. As soon as we were like, we need to get her home, we were all committed a thousand percent. So from South Carolina via car to North Carolina, then cross country in a plane to L.A., where Pipsqueak was placed on board a flight to New Zealand. From there to Melbourne, finally Sydney and the family reunion. What was that moment like when you were finally all reunited as a family guy? Oh, it was just amazing. Uh, you know, the happiness just in everyone. Um, and yeah, when, when Pip recognizes and came running to us. We are so incredibly grateful. Oh, that's nice. We'll be right back. Next, places that are soaring in popularity during the pandemic. Families are taking one-day trips or 300-mile one-tank dance. <laughs> the big changes at Dancing with the Stars. Straight from new host Tyra Banks. It will be a safe environment. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. A lot of people don't feel comfortable traveling right now, so they're finding getaways closer to home. Despite the global pandemic, in some locations, tourism is booming. CBS travel editor Peter Greenberg says the hottest spots for travel are within 300 miles from where you live. Travel and tourism in this country is coming back. It's the great American road trip. Families are taking one-day trips or 300-mile one-tank trips. Folks are ditching the big resort beach vacations, opting instead for more low-key excursions like camping, boating, and kayaking, all available closer to home. The coronavirus has allowed everybody to discover, or in some cases rediscover, their own state parks. People don't realize how many state parks there are in every single state that are available, accessible, and uncrowded. In July, the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal National Historic Park has seen 171,000 more visitors compared to last year. Yosemite National Park saw nearly 1 million visitors, up 20,000 from last summer. At Redondo Beach Sport Fishing, owner Jacob Mark says he's on track to have a better year than 2019, despite being shut down for nearly three months. It actually picked up really quickly. We were kind of not sure if people would get the word out or if people would be afraid to go out. August here, we actually had our best month in over three years. These folks are locals, and they're delighted to be going on new adventures right in their own backyards. I see here someone whose business is going up. When we come back, Tyra Banks tells us all about the new season of Dancing with the Stars. Tyra Banks is the new host of Dancing with the Stars, and she's telling Jim Murray how things will be different. We have some things up our sleeve. Tyra Banks is promising change. She says loyal fans won't be disappointed. It's really important to respect what the show is. It's one of the highest rated shows on television. And for me to come in with a sledgehammer, I think is irresponsible and, and, and disrespectful. The new celebrity cast is quite the group. Olympic figure skater Johnny Weir, Backstreet Boy AJ McLean, Bachelorette star Caitlin Bristow, broker Chriselle Staus from the hit real estate show Selling Sunset, former basketball star Charles Oakley, and of course, Tiger King's Carol Baskin. Get ready, you cool cats and kittens. Let's address the elephant in the room, or should I say the tiger. 
Carol Baskin. Well, when I first heard um, that the team was um, speaking to Carol Baskin, I went, because I, like everyone, was obsessed with uh, Tiger King. I could not look away from that show. I binged just like everyone else. And so I knew that people would be very like, oh my gosh, I have to see Carol Baskin dance. Tyra says the show is following all recommended protocol to stay safe during the pandemic. Let's face it, when you're dancing, you're cheek to cheek. How does the show deal with that during the pandemic? Uh, the celebrities, there's intense testing. Um, I've already been through a lot of it myself. The coupled pair, of course they're not six feet apart. They're dancing together, they, but the testing and everything is so tight. So it will be a safe environment. Dancing with the Stars premieres September 14th. And when we come back, a big surprise for mom. Finally today, guess who's home? This young woman home from the Air Force is on the phone with her mom. Can you check the front porch because I ordered something and I think it's here. I want to see if it came. Mom, get ready for a huge surprise. <laughs> Welcome home. I think it came. That is one happy mom. That is Inside Edition for today. Have a wonderful, safe Labor Day. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.